in a world where shapes and sizes are many, where some count calories and others don't count any, we find ourselves pondering a weighty debate, a subject, my friends, that carries some weight. Morbid obesity, term often heard, yet understanding fully seems quite absurd. A condition complex with causes untold. Let's explore together, if I may be so bold. A touch of humor, a sprinkle of grace. We'll tackle this topic. No judgment, no chase. For the body is wondrous, a marvel, a mystery. So join me now as we cover its history. From science to policy, prayer to the plate. Today's discussion promises to be first rate. <laughs> Welcome to Cross of the Capitol, episode 29, and I'm your host, Mr. Archer J. Pruitt. Like, subscribe, and share this show right now. Cross at the Capitol is the bridge between policy and prayer. We people of faith are being called to adjust our mindsets to meet the unique challenges of the moment. Today's podcast question, what do we do about morbid obesity in your kids, yourself, and in your friends? Are you tired of being fat? Let's turn to the verse. The English Standard Version, Philippians 3.19, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. One translation says their God is their appetite. I recently came into this carnivore diet. How did I hear the diet? I know uh, amongst us on the political right, uh, Jordan Peterson and, and perhaps Joe Rogan made this diet pot popular, but I was, oh, my friend told me about it. That's how. My friend, who I, I won't name a, a name, but she's running for Congress, she told me about it. And then when she told me about it, I began to read and do some research, and and I watched a video by a guy named Dr. Chafee called Plants Are Killing You. I won't bother to get too much into it here, but it has some merit when you actually listen to it. And then, you know, once the algorithm in YouTube starts showing you the videos, you end up in this deep dive into this deluge of the sewage, I guess, of thought around food. I don't want to say sewage around food. That's that's not a great term. Just you into a deep dive into the topic. And one of the things I found out was that our soil has been corrupted because of the pesticides. We have ruined our food supply. And I'm a firm believer in this. I just can't look at, I remember born in 1979, I'm looking into the 80s. I remember what certain food tastes like. I remember you would buy a Twinkie and a Twinkie never lasted more than a week, week and a half. And now you can get a Twinkie and the shelf life of a Twinkie is six months, a year, two years, right? It just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I'm a 90-10 carnivore and I didn't look at myself and say, oh, I'm obese, although I found out in preparation for this episode, I am. I didn't look at myself and say, oh, I'm this, you know, horrible, uh, weighty, fat person. What I did look at myself and say, you know, I just could feel better. I want to feel like I used to feel. And I remember the day. I remember the day and where I was. I was 36 years old. I was, I'm sorry, did I say 36? I was 33 years old. I was walking in New York City and 
I remember my f- pants felt a little tight and I went home and uh, I looked into in my beautiful apartment, by the way, and I looked in the mirror and I said, man, I've gained a little weight. That's And so I ignored it a little bit. And then about six months later, I was still a little tight. I was like, man, it's just, you know, I, and so I went up a size in clothes. And then every year after that, it just kept going up and up and up. And recently I decided to make a, a change. And this for you um, probably applies too. we're too big. And what can government do about it? Should government do anything about it? Right. Remember Michael Bloomberg back in New York City? He tried to do something about it by banning software and drinks and such as that. But I I, th- I think there are some things we can do about it. I think there are some ways we could solve about it. We Let's tackle with some facts first. Uh, roughly around 30%, 36%, so just over a third of adult men in the USA are considered obese, right? Obese. And by the way, there's class one obesity, class two, and class three. Uh, so we have 36% of men considered obese. 38% of women, almost 40%, are considered obese. And if you just get into the overweight category, in other words, uh, obese is a BMI of 30 or higher, right? Overweight is a BMI of 25 to 29.9, and normal weight is 18.5 to 24.9. If you just look at overweight, you're well above the population. But I'm just looking at obesity today. One-third of men, almost 40% of women, non-Hispanic white, 38%. Non-Hispanic black, 49%. Hispanic, 44%. Asian, 15%. We've got a problem, and it's affecting our economy. It's affecting our health. And the question is, what can we do to help curb this problem? And I've got some things um, that I believe we can do. The first solution is we need to build and structure our towns and our cities differently. I was recently in a conversation with a this beautiful, beautiful woman, and we were at a table together talking in 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 Florida, and she was saying that you know I want to live in a place where I can walk uh, to everything I want to do, where. I, I can walk and go get my coffee. I can walk and pick up some short little groceries. I can walk and go to the yoga or Pilates where I could walk. And I, and I realized for myself that this was important too. I didn't realize that I lived in New York for 10 years. And people have always said, oh, why do you like the city so much, Autry? Why do you like being downtown so much? And what I've realized, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've certainly experienced this. And it's good for our kids, by the way. If you've got kids, this is a good life to live for our kids. But living in a town or living in an area of town where you can get in the elevator or walk outside your house and it's a short walk to all the stuff you want to do, I think it's important. I used to live uh, in an area in Florida where I lived in a building, like a condo building. You came down, you walked out. And you could go, you could walk to the, the restaurant, you could, and there were several restaurants right there, I think there's like 15 to 20 restaurants right in that area. You could um, walk down and walk to uh, your a bar, even. Uh, you could go, there's a wonderful French place that had this amazing coffee and, and food. You could go and you could walk there and get it. And, I, and I'm just, and I moved, rec- I moved recently and it's, it's not the same. And when she was talking to me, I thought to myself, man, that's, that's so important. And I think that although the federal government, this is not something that can be done, 
certainly at your local and state level, and when you're looking at your zoning laws, we really should be building our towns and building our residential areas and and building our things so that people can easily walk to where they have to be. I watched a beautiful architect talk about how, I think there's one town called Seaside, Florida, where he's designing towns where everything's within a mile. They design a church, they sit at the center of town, and it's no longer like just a Methodist church, but they design the church in such a way so that the Methodists can be there, Catholics can be there, Lutherans can be there, Pentecostals can be there, Baptists can be there, Jews can be there, Muslims can be there, right? They design the church, although it's a little bit harder when you cross outside of certain faiths, but they try to design a building that could be transformed easily to different types of worship services so people can walk. And I've decided that that is really, really important to me. And it's so much important to me that And I just moved. This is what's crazy, right? I just moved. I'm not even out of my boxes yet. And I've decided that I need to be in a place where I can walk out and do stuff. This hopping in your car and going to a place every time is, is, I hate it. And being in a place where you can walk out and go get your coffee in the morning, go to restaurants, meet up with a friend, it is uh, amazing and we just even kids now we we, we drive our kids to play dates we or, or the play dates drive to us i remember growing up in a neighborhood you just went outside and, and walked from door to door and knocked hey knock 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 and so and so come out and play right so i just you know I, i've determined that that's something my personal life and that's something we can do we need to make a conscious effort to design our urban areas and even start to look at our rural areas, but design our areas where people walk. Another things we need to do is to encourage work. Now, let me explain on how we encourage work uh, or how it's best to encourage work um, in, in terms of the morbid obesity crisis. So right now we value, this is what's crazy. We value and praise the individual who sells their company and they've made it big. This is a change. I didn't think about this, but when I was coming up, there was a lot of praise heaped on the individual who had a business. So if you went to a a local shop and it was a mom and pop burger joint and say, oh, Mr. Rogers owns that burger joint. Oh, he does. He owns his own business. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it'd be like exciting. He's got his own business. What's that like? He can eat burgers all day or he can ha- have soda when he wants or he can, you know, I know we're talking about obesity, but still he he, he could do all these things and, he, and you'd be so happy, right? You'd be, you'd be so happy because you were saying, wow, there's, there's so much that the small business owner has and so much that he could do. And you heap praise on the fact that he owned his own business at work. But now it's the reverse. We heap praise on the business that sells. Our attention goes to the business that sells. If you have a mom and pop store and uh, your store does well, and then you sell out to the big chain, the praise goes, oh yeah, girl. Woo, girl, you did it, girl. Get that money now. Cash that money. Our priority is a little bit off. I think we should get back to where we praise and encourage the small business owner. And by the way, we have to have practical solutions in our policies that praise and encourage the small business owner. The one reason why you sell out is not just money, because even back in the 80s, even in the early 90s when I was coming up, I knew small business owners that had their businesses and, and could have sold and but they were okay they enjoyed the going to work they liked the praise 
of the neighborhood. But now you don't get that praise anymore for having a business. All you do is get government heap on you, right? All you do is get governments, governments telling you, you know, you're, you're nothing. You're a piece of crap. You don't pay your employees enough. You don't have health insurance. You don't have this. You don't have that. When people don't understand that the McDonald's job, the fast food job, the little mom and pop job was never meant. It was never meant to support somebody's family. It was meant to be part-time students, augment some money perhaps, but never to be full support. The products were never designed to sell that much to be full support. It just wasn't, the skill set isn't needed for the support to be that grand. So we don't encourage the small business. We do the opposite by heaping all these policies on them that hurt them. I was reading something recently, was I watching something recently, where some individuals wanted to have a food truck. And they were clean. They kept it up today. And they're going around and put the, parked their little food truck truck in the neighborhood and woo 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 here comes the popo here comes the police popo's an old term if you're younger and and what do the police say sorry sir you can't park that here i'm just selling some food to some kids it's i'm not in anybody's way no sir move along it's like anybody that wants to work and do something it's like government is there to tell them they're wrong you can't there's this rule or that rule so that's something that we could do to cut down on the morbid obesity is encourage mom and pop, encourage work. Because when you had a mom and pop situation, you didn't, you had a resistance to high fructose corn syrup. So high fructose corn syrup was invented, I believe, in the 60s. It became more popularized when they refined it in the 70s. And then in the late 80s, early 90s, with the big takeover of big, you know, what I call big food, Big fast food, McDonald's, Wendy's, etc. Big soda, it, it just blew up. It expanded. High fructose corn syrup expanded. And when it expanded, it 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 became this uh Leviathan on its own that crushed everything else because it was all about getting that cost of that item. We want that that burger, that that, that that instead of that soda to be a dollar, we wanted it to be 30 cents. Instead of the burger being two dollars, we wanted it to be $1.30. So we put, we, we use bread that high fructose corn syrup in it, right? A little sweetener. Our ketchup has high fructose corn syrup in it, a little sweetener. All these things to just to drive down the price, to get the cheapest price. And then on top of that, you up the government regulation and, and it just blew the mom and pop stores out of existence. Another thing you could do, by the way, the third thing we could do is we need to try to figure out our economy to encourage one parent households again. So you don't have to have the notion of processed foods. We're slamming in our bodies. We're slamming in our kids. We don't have time to eat. We don't have time to cook. So we reach for the quickest thing with the most preservatives to slam into our bodies and to slam into our kids' bodies. It's not necessarily these preventative or prohibition policies that we need, such as Europe. What we need is political policies that encourage healthy living, such as economic policies that make it so that a one-parent household can work, so you can have a dad that has time to cook, so that you have a market that shuts down. I've been thinking about this. The stock market is open now 24-7. I have been thinking about what if we just passed the law and said the market is, there is no after-hours trading. The market ends at X time. There's no trading. Nothing goes on, and then it opens at 9 a.m. Monday. Building our towns differently, encouraging work, 
and encouraging one-parent households are three things that we could do to cut down drastically on the fatness in our society. This is education awareness, policy changes. Oh, and let me not forget, I don't want to forget, it does take personal responsibility. We got to have compassion, folks, but it takes personal responsibility for us to look at ourselves and look at what we're projecting out to the world. I know it's, I know today it's, it's, <laughs> topic's a little bit different today, but this was, you know, it's just a topic on my heart. You know, I, I walk around particularly amongst conservatives and I see, I shouldn't say particularly, it's everybody, but in the circles I hang in, I just see so many of us, including myself, that are just, we're carrying around too much weight. And we've just signed off that there's nothing that we can do about it, but there is, you know, there is something we can do about it. In fact, there was a song. It's gotten so bad that some people have a a, a, a song. A kid wrote a song, Sim, I think his name's about he's fat. She's fat. I'm fat and I like it. This is what we are. This is where we are now. Where we're praising fat. Was it Lizzo, Lazo? I went to school and met all my best friends. I just, this is a kid singing the song. Fat and they like it. I mean, I think we've taken body positivity to a whole new level. (laughs) That's That's the problem that I see. They've taken body positivity to a whole new level. If you've joined this program, send it to someone you know right now. My name is Archer J. Pruitt. This has been Cross at the Capitol, episode 29. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you may enjoy your shows. Remember, wisdom is the main thing with all our getting get and understanding.